Support for WSHU podcast Off the Path comes from Au Pair in America, cultural exchange childcare for more than 30 years. AuPairinAmerica.com. F. Scott Fitzgerald set his novel The Great Gatsby on Long Island's North Shore with its opulent mansions, beautiful gardens, and decadent parties. But some people think Fitzgerald might have been inspired by another location, across Long Island Sound in Westport, Connecticut. This is Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan. I'm on the lookout for one-of-a-kind stories and histories from New York to Boston. Longshore Park in Westport is technically a town park, but it's really a country club for residents. It has a well-manicured golf course and a sailing school, fitting for a place with one of the highest average incomes in the country. I pull into the parking lot of Longshore Park, and that's where I find Richard Webb. He's not hard to spot. He's in the BMW with the vanity license plate that reads G. Gatsby. He gestures widely around him with this huge grin on his face and begins to lay out his theory. So the, the whole layout geographically, it's as if you put a, a map of the Great Gatsby and then you put Westport underneath it or above it. It's, it's really a one-to-one mix. In the book, F. Scott Fitzgerald called Gatsby's side of the bay West Egg, and across the bay was East Egg, where Daisy, the woman he pined for, lived. Webb and his friend Robert Williams spent the last five years and tens of thousands of dollars in pursuit of the idea that Fitzgerald also used Westport, Connecticut as his inspiration for The Great Gatsby. Robert Williams says the theory came from a 1996 article in The New Yorker by Barbara Probst Solomon. And unfortunately, it was completely ignored by the scholarly community and most of the town of Westport, except for this guy here, Richard Deej Webb. Webb caught the bug, and he's been obsessed with the literary mystery ever since. Scott said in an essay in 1933 that a writer has two or three great stories to tell and that we recycle those stories over and over. And we thought, well, what if Westport was one of those great stories? Fitzgerald and his wife Zelda lived in Westport when they first got married in 1920, in a house not too far from Longshore Park, in what would be the fictional West Egg. If you take a look at the novel, the geography matches up pretty well. Where the Fitzgeralds lived, they could actually see across the water, and there were green lights and docks, and certainly could have inspired the landscape of the Great Gatsby. Jay Gatsby pondered those green lights as he stared across the bay at the end of his private pier. The book's narrator, Nick, describes the scene. He stretched out his arms toward the dark water in a curious way, and far as I was from him, I could have sworn he was trembling. Involuntarily, I glanced seaward and distinguished nothing except a single green light, minute and far away, that might have been the end of a dock. When I looked once more for Gatsby, he had vanished, and I was alone again in the unquiet darkness. It's not just the green light. Webb and Williams have dreamed up a whole tour to show off all the ways Westport has left its mark on F. Scott Fitzgerald's work. The three of us climb into the G. Gatsby mobile and take off through the windy roads of Westport. All the roads we're going to be on were the roads back then. The strongest evidence on the tour may be the former mansion of Frederick E. Lewis, right next door to the Fitzgerald's house. Lewis was a mysterious millionaire 
and a dashing young playboy. He used to engage and have uh, uh, car races around here. He owned the most expensive cars of, of the time. He, was, uh, he set multiple records, speed records. I'm talking like 10 to 15 miles an hour in 1912, right? His parties included a reflecting pool and a band shell, just like Gatsby's. Scott and Zelda were regular attendees and also used his private beach, just as Nick does in the novel. Webb and Williams think Frederick Lewis could well be the inspiration for Jay Gatsby. The Fitzgeralds lived next door to this mystery millionaire that lived in a 175-acre estate that was adjacent to where they lived right along the Long Island Sound. And a guy who had a lot of parties, too, I understand. And he threw a lot of parties, and they were pretty wild parties, too. Then there's the book Fitzgerald published just before The Great Gatsby. It's called The Beautiful and the Damned. It's about a couple named Anthony and Gloria. They weather the rocky and tempestuous start of their marriage in a setting that's obviously Westport, where the Fitzgeralds lived at the start of their marriage. When you read Beautiful and Damned, which is the least read of all the novels that Scott wrote, it really is a mirror of their relationship. It's Anthony slash Scott, and it's, it's Zelda slash Gloria. So when I, we talk about what Gloria and Anthony are doing, this is what Scott and Zelda actually did, and he just wrote about it and changed the names. Robert Williams and Richard Webb confirmed this because a mutual friend of Scott and Zelda's named Alexander McCaig kept a diary of their time together. It took Deej and I four years to track down that diary. In that diary, he kept meticulous notes, almost on a daily basis, of things that happened to Scott and Zelda. And we were able to match up stories that are in Beautiful and Damn to the T of what happened in the diary. So that's why we know it's a mirror image. It's possible Fitzgerald thought the book hit a little too close to home. And maybe he didn't want to write two books in a row set in Westport. So he could have popped East and West Egg across Long Island Sound to put a little distance between his characters and real life. The Beautiful and Damned is their, his first attempt at grappling with some of the big themes that are in Gatsby. What are they? Uh, yeah, what are they? They're, they're, they both want wealth. They're scrambling for wealth, right? So again, his, his, um, one of his major themes in his fiction was wealth. And these guys say they've managed to convince some pretty serious Fitzgerald fans. One is Charles Scribner III, the grandson of the great Gatsby's publisher. And another is Alice Caston of the Great Neck Historical Society on Long Island. Caston says she's still certain Great Neck was the main inspiration for the great Gatsby. But after Webb and Williams laid out the evidence that Westport may have influenced him too, Caston said, they could share the honor. This is Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan, and I'm out there looking for the most compelling and fascinating stories on the road from New York to Boston.